the hell are you supposed to be? movie theater nightmares this one is so bad I just can't believe it happened Austin McNary has the best worst horror story ever hello it's been a while it's been a couple of weeks since you've heard comic book movie guys voice but I ask you today about your movie theater nightmares and the reason I ask you this is because none of you are going to beat Austin McNary's movie theater nightmare. His horror story. You know, I called it a nightmare when I sat next to two gentlemen that were talking through the entire movie. And then to my girlfriend, now fiance, fiance's left. There's a couple on their phones the entire time so I asked around I said you know who like what are your movie theater nightmares right well a few of you got out to a a rough start if you will um, in the movie theater experience I read you this from one Zane Tomich he says hi comic book movie guy so here's my story. We went to go see the campaign with Will Ferrell back in who knows how long ago in Leduc Cinemas. Um, he says, dog shit movie, of course. However, we went with like six people. We were all kids in junior high. Typical sounding, e typical sounding event, right? Anyways, three of the six people we went with up and walked out of the theater and never returned. The three buddies I was with were laughing like hyenas, as was I. And then the three girls that we went with just completely left and didn't even say anything. They were good friends of ours at the time. <laughs> like, I like the at the time here. Um, yeah, if you walk out on a movie on someone, you know, you're friends of the past at that point, in my opinion. So he, he finishes by saying, so we went into the movie with six people and only three of us came out. It was a Vietnam flashback. I tell you. He always says, I tell you. I tell you. So thank you for that, Zane. Thank you very much for your movie theater nightmare. That is a nightmare. I Have you guys ever walked out on a movie? I've never walked out on a movie. I've slept through a movie. Um, but, you know, you bought the ticket. That's the thing. At that point... You know, whether it's good or bad, stick it out. You know, why? I've never understood that concept of like, oh, this movie is so bad that I just can't sit here for another hour. You know, like, are you kidding? Just stick it out. Like, you know, I get that maybe everyone needs to walk out of a movie once. But I've never experienced a movie in theaters that I've chosen. Because what the thing is, is like nobody's forcing you to go to the theater, right? And then, so you go to the theater and you get there, you sit down with your popcorn, you buy all this stuff and you watch an hour and a half of it and you walk out for the last bit or you watch an hour of it 
And then you're like, ah, no, I can't stay for the other hour. It was just the first half was so awful, unbearable. Never understood that. So thank you, Zane. I, I, yeah, that's awesome. I, I was going to talk about some other nightmare stories, but I just, there's, there's no competing. There's no competing with the ultimate nightmare in my eyes. And I'm going to tell you guys this story because it's hilarious to me and because I've gotten permission to tell it. Should I open, like, here's, here's where I'm, <laughs> I'm perplexed. Comic book movie guy becomes perplexed because I got a second story from Sean Valdone and it involves me. Actually, it's centered solely around me. It wasn't my nightmare, but it was his. So I'll tell you this first before I get into the ultimate movie theater nightmare from Austin McNary. And I call him, you know, many names. But in this case, I think I'm going to stay formal for the simple fact that it's, it's, such a, it's such a sensitive, sensitive topic to me. You know, it's going to hurt my heart to even talk about it. It's a heartbreaking story. It's a great story. I thank Austin McNary for sharing it and for allowing me to share it because it's great. But I'm going to start with Sean Veldone's entry. And it was, he didn't, he didn't answer my question when I put it out there on social media. He alluded to a story. And that's just so, so Sean, you know? He alludes to the fact that there's a story that exists out there that includes me that is his nightmare story. So I'll share it with y'all here. And if you've been riding since day one SoundCloud, which I don't know if any of you have, but if you, if you have, you've heard this story once, but I'm going to share it right now. It's 2018. Tom Hardy has just been cast into the role of Venom. And it's an exciting time. You know, a group of friends want to go to the movie Venom. And, you know, Eminem dropped a track just before the movie. It was pretty dope. We all liked that track. We're all going to go see it. Sean, the good guy that he pretends to be, I'm just kidding, the good guy that he is, drives us, us being Zane and I, to the movie that night. But what happened was, Zane came over a couple of hours early with a bottle of bourbon, or a bottle of spiced rum, or something, you know, whiskey, whatever it was. And him and I had a few drinks. And, you know, the night turned into uh, a good time for Zane and I. Uh, we went to the movie. I don't really remember the ride there, but my favorite part of the night was certainly the arcade. We walk into the arcade. You know, Sean says, I was just being unbearably loud in the movie theater, and it haunts me to this day. It haunts me to this very minute, this very second. 
holy. Me being obnoxiously loud, spazzing, if you will, in the middle of Cineplex, South Edmonton Common. Drunk as a skunk, I step up to the punching bag. You know that punching bag, the heavy bag that you set your feet and you hit it as hard as you can and you, you know, amongst your friends, you, you boast about who's the strongest, who's got the best punch, essentially. Well, I step up to this thing, obnoxious as I'm being, and I don't set my feet in the proper, you know, spots. I don't see these two slots on the floor that you're supposed to set your feet on. So I wind up and, you know, it's one thing to swing as hard as you can, but in my opinion, it's quite another to scream whilst you're doing it, you know, like you've lost control. And the way the story is told is that I did lose control that day. I swung as hard as I could and I missed completely. And when I tell you that my shoulder still pops in a certain spot, yeah, my shoulder pops in a certain spot. Because Dingle Nuts went to the movie theater and swung as hard as he could at a punching bag and missed. But does the story end there, folks? Absolutely not. We continue on. We move on into the movie theater. How I got there, I don't know. But I'm sitting next to Zane Tomich, him and I, and the movie starts, and it's this beautiful sky. There's the stars in the sky, and there's a rocket ship that kind of comes flying down from the atmosphere and crashes into the earth. Darkness. Complete darkness. I blink. Venom. Let the bad boy get him. Movie's over. I slept through the whole damn movie. Just passed out drunk in the cinema. Slept through the whole thing. And you know, the disappointment on Sean's face that day, you know, still wakes me up, man. 2 a.m., 3 a.m., cold sweat. I see that look of disappointment. Huh. You know, that was the day that I said to myself, my life needs to change. Ah, anyways. That's not where the story ends. We then hop in. Sean's at the time, beautiful Subaru, WRX, whatever it was. It was a hatchback, beautiful car, loud car, throaty You know, you always knew when Sean Veldone was ripping through the town. And I remember his neon sort of teal, if you will, with the white eight ball style uh, manual shifter that he ended up having in that vehicle. And uh, that'll be forever ingrained in my mind. But as I move forward, as we're going home, Sean's suspecting that maybe I'm not doing so well. Zane was obviously doing better than I was because Sean was not so worried about him, you know. There was water bottles in my hand. There was, you know, the windows were down. I'm getting a breeze. I was obviously green. And I think we all just knew what was going to happen. But where 
we didn't know. We drive to a hospital, to Leduc Hospital, for God knows what reason. I think it was because somebody was driving me and Zane home or something. Or maybe I just didn't make it. <laughs> I don't remember. But I just, you know, I, I leaned out that window and, uh, yeah, five minutes. What felt like five minutes. It was probably 30 seconds, but holy man, I've never thrown up that much in my life. I apologize to anyone involved that evening. Comic book movie guy has since grown up, if you can believe it. So congratulations to Sean Veldone for finally making it on the Comic Book Movie Guy podcast. I'm uh, very happy that you put in such an effort to uh, say, I think you know what my horror story is, Brem. It was the response, I believe. And I knew. And, you know, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. But we move, we move on. And I move on to the ultimate movie theater horror story. My God. Austin McNary. Piero. Man, this one's for you. I, I you know, I, I hope that there was some redemption at some point for you. And I hope that you're okay. So here we go. You know, it's early December. And a little movie by Marvel Studios is put out called Spider-Man No Way Home. And in that movie, there's a few rumored characters. I mean, the stakes are incredibly high in that movie. Um, you know, if you're a, a, a fan of Spider-Man, it's the ultimate movie for you. It's what you want as a fan. It's what you're hoping for, right? And I know for a fact that a guy like Austin avoids spoilers for the big stuff. Like, that's just how he's always been. He'll even go to the length of not watching a trailer uh, just because he doesn't want certain things spoiled in the movie. And I've always respected that. I've always thought, you know, that's, that's super cool. Like, your first viewing is really authentic that way. But what happened to Austin on that night was just plain wrong. It was wrong. It was evil. It's sinister. You know, it sticks with me. This story sticks with me. Um, Austin, he bought tickets to No Way Home. And he was uh, going with his girlfriend. And when he, he kind of worked late that day, you know, and he knew it was going to be tight. He told me he knew it was going to be tight. Um, and I think he met his girlfriend at the theater even. And, you know, they're, they're late, but not, not like they should make it, you know, like they, sh they shouldn't miss more than, you know, a minute or so of the movie at this point is how I kind of gathered from his story or, or what I gathered from his story, I should say. And he shows up and, you know, they get in line and there's the usher at the, at the front of the line, right? And they always rip your ticket and they tell you which auditorium you're going to. 
So the guy rips his ticket and tells him which auditorium he goes to. And so they go to that, like they rush over to that auditorium and there's a sign on the auditorium and it says, Spider-Man No Way Home Viewing in Auditorium X has been moved to Auditorium A, we'll say. So they go, okay, sounds good. Like, whatever, right? So they go flying over to the other one and they walk in. And, uh, you know, I just, I haven't really quite been able to think of a way to do this part justice. But when Austin told me this story, my heart sank, my stomach hurt. It was just unreal. He, so months before this movie is released, there's rumors, right? There's rumors, rumors, rumors that Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield are going to be in it, are going to be in this movie. And Austin probably deep down knew, and he told me he deep down knew they were going to be in there, but you just, part of you wants to be surprised still, you know, like that's me too. I just, I want to be surprised. So yeah, I would walk into that movie theater, not expecting to see them. Expect disappointment and you'll never be disappointed, as Zendaya says. Austin walks into the theater with his girlfriend. They walk up the ramp, you know, and they're looking for their seats. It's a packed house, just completely full, right? Um, so he's focused on that. And you just sort of hear something in the background. And he kind of turns his head towards the screen. Well, aren't they in the wrong theater? Doesn't Willem Dafoe's goblin stab Toby Maguire right then and there? Right then and there? And Toby drops to his back, looking like he might die? Tom Holland beating the living shit out of Willem Dafoe on the Captain America shield flipped over from the Statue of Liberty. Toby Maguire laying down on the ground and Andrew Garfield standing beside Toby is what Austin saw. And Austin told me something. He said, I've never sworn in front of Tara. I've never sworn in front of my girlfriend. But I just went, fuck. And she knew, you know, she would have had to. And you know, Tara, if you listen to this too, like, I'm sorry that you experienced that too. That is just, holy man. And the fact that you guys were at the, not just the climax, but like you would almost be left hanging wondering if Toby dies or not. And then, you know, like you'd still experience the movie the same way. And I know you did. And I know you guys loved it, right? Like it was awesome. And it's impossible to get the entire thing spoiled for you in a moment like that. But this is exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about a movie theater horror story. Austin and Tara, they did everything right that night. They did absolutely everything right. And they walked in on the climax of the movie with one of the characters that was rumored to be in it, center screen, potentially dying. It does not get any worse than that. Austin McNary... I tip my cap to you. I hope that Spider-Man No Way Home finds your VHS, 
your DVD, your every single version of that movie, digital or hard copy. I hope that it finds you and I hope it finds you in the purest form and you can watch it so many times and pretend like you had no idea that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were in that thing. And luckily, No Way Home is one of the most rewatchable movies of all time for like Spider-Man. It's so good. There's so much good Spider-Man content in that movie. I loved it. So that concludes the movie theater horror stories. I thank Sean Veldone, I thank Zane Tomich, and I thank Austin McNary for the contributions to this episode. And, you know, I want to finish today's episode by just kind of talking to you guys about my merch. I have just been building my merch every day. I'm getting very close to having it complete in a stage that I'm super excited for. Um, but yeah, I just got the Batfleck cowl, which is like 3D printed. Um, this guy did a great job on Etsy. And I have Val Kilmer's cowl coming and Robert Pattinson's cowl coming. I'm super excited to throw those on a couple of mannequin heads and set those up. I've got Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in front of me on the left-hand side. I've got my brand new statue of Ben Affleck's Batman holding his grappling gun. Man, I gotta tell you, that's, that's my favorite suit, you know? Like, I love Pattinson's suit. It's so good. It's so good for so many reasons. And Batfleck's suit is just so good in so many different reasons than that, too. It's just the fact that Ben just looked that character so much for me from the comics that it's super cool to have that suit, that mannequin in a, in like sort of a physical form. I urge you guys, if you guys are comic fans, comic book fans, go out and buy the stuff. But what's been really cool for me is I've been trying to do displays. So I'm trying to display it in a way that makes people or me, every time I walk into the room, want to pick up one of those comics, want to, you know, I want anybody who comes over to see the, the merch, I want them to be able to like look at it, you know, and like grab it out of the case and stuff like that. And I just, yeah, I welcome you guys to read comics. I welcome you to buy merch if you're into that sort of thing. If you're not, like, that's totally, totally cool. But holy smokes, am I excited for everything that I've got coming here and once stage one is complete I want to you know take some good pictures of everything and uh, show everyone on my Instagram is there anything else that I should talk about today I've decided I wanted to talk about Morbius um, I haven't seen it yet I'm going to see it I've decided you know I asked earlier on my Instagram today if anyone, you know, like, are you going to see Morbius? What's your take on Morbius? You know, Zane replied, he said uh, that it just, it's not going to, it's not going to cut it for him. Like he's, I don't think he's going to see it, which is totally fair. Um, I think that Zane would see it if I was going. I think we would go um, and either have a laugh or, you know, I, I love going to see uh, bad movies with Zane. Or bad movies with, you know, any of my friends, really, with Austin or Michael or Sean or any of those guys. Because when you go see a bad movie, it's sometimes really fun because you can pick it apart. 
But what's interesting to me about Morbius is its uh, audience score is high. And I saw this thing the other day where somebody took all of Sony's movies lately, like Venom, uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Morbius, whatever else they put out. Um, and uh, I think maybe The Amazing Spider-Mans were the other ones that were on there. And it was like the critic score was super low on every single one of Sony's movies, but the audience score was high. So that's an interesting thing, right? Because Zack Snyder, you know, uh, DC Universe director that I'm a huge fan of, he's my favorite director, um, he had a similar issue, right? Like his movies, they would score terribly with critics and they would also... Uh, score really well with audiences like he's probably the best example of that happening but it's it's really intriguing to me to see uh, that Morbius was that and I heard this I heard this too today Jared Leto did some more um, method acting in this and I heard that it got to the point because so Dr. Michael Morbius is he's paralyzed right or he's he's weak from his disease so he's got these crutches and, you know, Jared's a method actor. He's always been uh, a method actor. I mean, from Suicide Squad, he, uh, in order to sort of stay in character throughout the entire shoot, he would send his co, uh, his co-stars gifts, like weird gifts from him, the Joker. And they were like used condoms. They were, uh, dead rats, dead mice, like just, he's a weird dude, right? And... With Morbius, I heard that not only was it uh, was he using the crutches the entire time that he was on set, but he would take like 45-minute or 50-minute piss breaks. Like he would just like slowly crutch his way like Michael Morbius to the bathroom, take 45 minutes in the bathroom, and then slowly Michael Morbius his way back to the set to the point where the director had to put him in a wheelchair and had to say to him, listen, Jared, like we got to get, we got a schedule here. And that's where I ask, like, when is method acting taken too far? You know, you hear a lot of like actors who do go into method acting and it is successful, right? Like it is a success, like it's been known to work for different actors. So it's just like, it's really interesting to me and acting is really interesting to me because it's like, how, like we just see the finished product, but like, where do these people need to go to like get to the place to play the Joker, to go to the place to play a villain for that matter? You know, like we don't know what headspace you need to be in to create that art. I always think of that one, there's a clip that was played on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and it was right around the time when Joker released in 2019 and I thought it was actually kind of a weird clip for Jimmy Kimmel to put out because like he was having Joaquin on for an interview and it was this weird clip of Joaquin just losing it um on a on a set you know like he was like I'm trying to I'm trying to create here I'm trying to get in the in a zone here I'm trying to get in a headspace can you guys please be quiet and all this stuff right like and I can't even really imagine that that's something I never really think of you know like they are in front of, you know, a crew of 10 to sometimes 20, 30, 40 people, depending on the scale of the movie. And that's got to be hard to get into that headspace. It's almost like a bit of a monk Buddhism sort of style for some. 
And in others, they just fully submerse themselves in that role, in that character. And you just stay in that character and then you never have to fall out of it. But when is it taken too far? And I would say like Jared taking 45 minute pee breaks is maybe a little bit too far. Maybe him just being a bit of a diva and an asshole. I think he has a bit of a, um, a bit of a reputation that way. And he's a weird dude. But is he ever a good actor? All right, guys. That's it. That's all I got for you. You know, I've been away two weeks. I got engaged. Life's good. Life is good. I encourage you to be positive. I encourage you to spread kindness. Shake a hand or two. Bump an elbow, if that's your thing. And go see Morbius. Because I think, good or bad, you're going to have a good time. So I've been Comic Book Movie Guy. This has been a lot of fun. I'll let my epic Batman voice take me on home. Yeah, buddy. I'm Comic Book Movie Guy. You'll see.